This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi, gang. Welcome into a very, very busy Black and Blue Report on this Thursday. Sean Kelly with, with you from Studio B at the headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. Great conversations today. Things are popping around the facility. It's a, it's a really good Thursday. That's, this is one of the days I really look forward to on this podcast. We've got three very entertaining guests for you. Uh, three great things to talk about. A little bit later on, we're going to have Ronnie Rance on from the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. There's a very cool event at Walk-Ons in downtown New Orleans tonight with some legends. I mean, stone-cold legends of Louisiana sports uh, that Ronnie Rance will stop by and tell us about. And then we've got two heavy hitters, one on the football side and one on the basketball side today. Uh, for the basketball side, it's it's Brian Geldseiler from Hoops Critic. He is going to help us kind of drill down on this Pelican situation as the team suffered another loss last night to the Toronto Raptors. But we're going to bring in, and it might be a little uncomfortable at times to talk about it, uh, but it, I think it's going to be definitely interesting as uh, as Brian uses his uh, experience uh, both uh, with his eyes and analytics to, and, and some very, very candid objectivity here um, in helping us understand what's going on with the New Orleans Pelicans. And then we'll ask him about the top teams in the East and the West and the MVP race. And then, of course, football free agency starts uh, this afternoon, although there's already news now all over the league, uh, including maybe Tampa getting better at wide receiver, as Deshaun Jackson is rumored to be going perhaps to join Mike Evans uh, in that Tampa offense. And then news already today with regard to the New Orleans Saints. And to help us kind of get caught up already today, but also to kind of preview the free agency period for the New Orleans Saints, we'll welcome back Mike Triplett from ESPN.com today. As a matter of fact, we're going to put him first because uh, the timeliness of that interview and everything else. So as you consume this, and we love that you can consume it whenever you want, it's no appointment radio. Uh, I think some of it's going to hold for you, and some of it will preview perhaps things that you'll see later on today or whenever you're able to uh, take in this particular episode of the Black and Blue Report. So we've got it all for you today. An event in New Orleans to talk about tonight, Hoops with the Hoops Critic, and, of course, uh, NFL free agency Mike Triplett uh, talking about the New Orleans Saints right through this. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious chunky chicken and sausage gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. The future is bright for your New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. Those locking in their seats by Friday, March 31st will take advantage of the price freeze and also receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Still to come today on the Black and Blue Report, we'll talk to Ronnie Rance about the Glory Road Tour that's taking place in downtown New Orleans tonight. 
Uh, Brian Geltzeiler, the Hoops Critic, is also going to stop by and uh, give us a little drill down on the Pelicans and some other NBA storylines. As we mentioned, though, we've got to get right to the top of things here with regard to the New Orleans Saints, and I very much appreciate our good friend Mike Triplett from ESPN.com stopping by. He's been all over uh, the media this week, and he's well uh, well tuned up for our visit today. And uh, we get him here on the day that free agency begins. And, Mike, uh, full disclosure to all of our listeners here as well, we're recording at about 1136 Central um, and so, obviously, this is going to change as the day progresses, and it's already started here today. So, uh, yes. with that being said, can you kind of get, get us up to speed as to what you know with regard to the Saints and free agency here at 11.37 now a.m.? Well, it's hilarious because we were supposed to have this at 10.45 Central a.m. Yes. After two quiet days of the free agent tampering period, right within that five-minute window, uh, news breaks that the Saints are signing Ted Ginn Jr. and then A.J. Klein. So, uh, you know, uh, obviously, let's see if we can get through this phone call before more Saints news comes out. But uh, um, that's the kind of day it's going to be, Sean, because, look, this team has been one of the most aggressive teams in free agency every year when they have negative cap space to work with, and now they are entering the day with $30 million in cap space to work with. Uh, and admit, Mickey Loomis has admitted they're going to be aggressive to try to fix their defense. Um, and, you know, I think they're going to be in the guard market, too, on offense. So I think the Saints will be one of the more active teams uh, over the next day or two in free agency. And obviously the Brandon Cooks trade uh, talk is picking up steam, and, and that'll be one of the biggest splashes that any team makes over the next couple of days probably, too. Okay, let's break a couple of these things apart here. Let's start with the two I guess, uh, reports this morning about free agent signings at wide receiver and at linebacker. Um, obviously nothing from the team at this point, and, and I don't know when that would come, but let's, let's say that those reports are true. What does the Ted Ginn Jr. signing tell us about what the Saints are looking to do with that position? Well, look, this screams that the Cooks trade will probably happen, um, although you know you could make a case for wanting him anyway to, to help spread defenses thin and help in the return game. But Ted Ginn Jr. is the exact guy I've had in mind every time we've talked theoretically about the Saints trading Brandon Cooks and moving on with a cheaper deep threat. He is not a Brandon Cooks replacement. He's not the same caliber player. But the thinking in New Orleans is this offense has been number one in passing and total yardage for half of the last decade with and without Pro Bowl caliber players. Uh, So they feel like they can afford to trade away a Brandon Cooks bring in a cheaper vertical threat to keep defenses honest and open things up underneath and still be able to have a number one offense with Sean Payton calling the plays and Drew Brees uh, throwing the ball. So, again, is is ideal. If you've got Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed as your top two receivers and you want a number three guy who's a deep threat, um, who, you know, safeties are going to have to pay attention to. Unfortunately, Saints fans know him all too well because this guy's been catching 40-yard TD passes every time they play the Saints over the last two years. Uh, and he's also a guy who, who brings explosion in the return game, uh, uh, another area where the Saints need to upgrade. So, um, you know, if he gets compared to Brandon Cooks for his career, it's going to be unfair. He's not going to be Brandon Cooks. But if you're looking to fill that void with a cheaper alternative, it's exactly the type of guy uh, you're looking for. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think you and I both agree, and you certainly uh, need to, uh, to to know that your your opinion is much more valued than mine at this time of year. 
but I think that we both agreed that linebacker might be a position they look at. A.J. Klein um, fills, fills what role here for the, for the Saints specifically? What, what is the most, I guess, important thing about what he would bring to the table? Um, you know, he's a guy, and, and they're stealing him from a rival, which is really, you know, a good way to do it. He's a guy who's been a really valuable backup for the Panthers, but he's a backup because he backs up Luke Keekley. Um and it's almost impossible to move ahead of him in that offense. But Klein, had, because of Keekley's injury history, Klein has started for the Panthers and played very well in those times. He's a perfect caliber of guy who, now that he's a free agent, and he gets a chance to start and kind of come under Luke Keekley's shadow. He's he's ready to do that. And you know, from what ESPN's Adam Kaplan reported, the Saints picture him being their middle linebacker. I you know, you could say he's a Craig Robertson type, maybe an upgrade, maybe the same level of player that Craig Robertson was, but with a little more potential. Um, but if he wins that job, Craig Robertson was originally supposed to be an outside linebacker and a backup and a special teamer anyway. Craig Robertson could move to an outside linebacker spot and rotate with Dan Ellerby. So it gives you depth, and that is a position that I listed you know, as, as a third must for the Saints. Sean Payton admitted that defensive end and cornerback are musts, uh, but I think adding, adding a linebacker was right there behind those two. Okay. Um, did the Saints sign an, a guard here in free agency? Is that the route they I have think to they take? I definitely consider it. Uh, there's been talk that they're in on uh, um, Kevin Zeitler, who is the biggest name guard and, and the highest priced guard out there. Guard is on the Saints' list of priorities. There's no doubt about it because they know Jari Evans isn't going to last forever, and Jari Evans is a free agent this year. So you could go a few different routes. You could sign Evans back for a year and draft a guy as his future replacement. You could sign Evans for a year and wait till next year to do it. Um, but if you see the value in the right player this year, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that be one of their splash moves. What's a, what's a guard go for these days, especially the top oh. end of the free agent market? <laughs> well, Evans, it was a few years back when Evans set the, the all-time mark at $8 million, but now I think we're looking more like $12 million to the wow. top guy. Uh, some of the other guys, you know, 11, 10, 9, 8 million, depending on how high they're aiming. But, uh, yeah, that Kevin Zeidler, I think you're looking at uh, 12 million-ish. Uh, it's, it's funny money, though, Sean. It's not real money. No, I know. Uh, and, and, look, every time, <laughs> and every time everybody thinks they know what Mickey Loomis has with regard to the cap and everything else, do they really know? Because he's found a way. Now he actually has money to play with. So uh, that's, that's, that's where I um, – now I totally step away from the table and just see what happens. But – um, Mike, we could go position by position. I don't want to do necessarily that. You're a busy man. Uh, is there another name or two out there that you want to keep your eye on today that you think might be a good match or could fall here for the Saints in the, in, in the opening days of free agency? Yeah, um, there's a few. Um, you know, defensive end, it's weird. You try to match position versus need. Uh, versus the biggest names out there, you don't see perfect matches. I think the Saints are going to spend aggressively, go for a guy who costs in the double-digit millions. But their number one need is a pass rusher, and there aren't any more guys worth 10, 12, 14 million at pass rusher. They've all been locked up by their current team. So uh, one name I've thrown out there is the Patriots, Jabal Sheard, who, who I think will cost a little less, has some potential, has the size they like, but I have not heard that they're in on him. Cornerback, and this is the really interesting one. The, the Brandon Cooks trade rumors all of a sudden ha have not just getting a pick for Brandon Cooks, but maybe trading him to the Patriots for cornerback Malcolm Butler, who is 
Brandon Cooks on defense. I mean, it sort of makes perfect sense. They're, they've both been in the league just as long. They've both played just at the same high level. They're both the same age. Um, and, and Butler fills a bigger need. Um, so that would be that would make a ton of sense. The only problem is Butler's going to be a little more expensive because his contract runs out a little sooner than Cooks' contract runs out. But if you're talking about trading Cooks to help on defense, you're getting a defensive version of Brandon Cooks right there. That makes a lot of sense. I have not heard the Saints in on any of the top cornerbacks in the free agent market. Maybe they've honed in on Malcolm Butler. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, linebacker was next on my list of needs. Guard was next on my list of needs. So I think I think those are the major areas they're looking at. Good stuff. Hey, one last thing, and I don't mean to minimize this. Uh, the signing of Chris Banjo, significant or not, uh, as a special teams guy here that kind of just happened in the last couple of days? Well, they did Chris Banjo and, and reportedly Shiloh Keogh as right. well, uh, two guys whose bios are identical. They both played seven games with the Saints last year. They're both core special teams players. They both had exactly five special teams tackles last year. But yeah, look, the Saints made it a priority to go out and get some veterans who were who were special teams assets last year. They got a half season look at them, and the fact that they wanted to bring both guys back lets you know they like what they saw during that half season. Now we know special teams is a huge area of concern for the Saints. But coverage units actually haven't been their worst unit. You know, it was all the blocked kicks last year, the return game. But uh, but those are two guys that obviously passed the test for the Saints that, that, that I think, you know, they probably in, envision them being core special teams players. I'll encourage everyone to follow Mike Triplett and, of course, his work at ESPN.com, especially here in what will be the busiest portion of the offseason uh, other than, I guess, the draft or the week leading up to the draft. So, Mike, with that, I say thank you so much because I know it's hard to carve out even five minutes, but you uh, uh-huh. you gave me about nine or ten, and, I, and I'm and very um, very appreciative. And I know Saints fans really enjoy your work. So thank you, sir. And as we uh, conclude our visit here at 11.44 a.m., I have a feeling that some of the stuff we talked about will hold steady uh, today, and then some of it will need some revision uh, at, uh, at a listener's uh, discretion later on. Is that fair? Yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> hey, look, if these moves happen, then we've got, then then we'll turn into a re- review instead of a preview. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, for those who don't know, on Twitter, how can they follow you throughout this process? At Mike Triplett, pretty simple. And uh, look, they can follow me uh, on ESPN.com. Uh, we have a reporter devoted to every single team, so you can follow me. And also, if the Saints sign a new gig like AJ Klein, you go right over to the Panthers reporter and see everything he's written about him. So. Uh, good one-stop shopping site not bad not bad teamwork there i love it i love it michael yeah. thank you very much and all, uh, right. all the best thank to you. you this weekend yep mike triplet right. from Thanks, yep mike triplet from espn.com we'll talk some hoops here in just a second are you ready for a new challenge set your goal and go for it with the smoothie king change a meal challenge just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. You're at a dinner party. You're seated next to a loudmouth. Plus, there's no bread. Why is there no bread? Myrtle the Family Chow Chow seems very interested in you. But you're allergic to Myrtle and you left your inhaler at home. But it doesn't have to be this way. 
Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans facing off against the Houston Rockets Friday, March 17th. Bring your whole clan and celebrate St. Patrick's Day with the Pels. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Well, I've admired our next guest's work for quite some time. I'm pleased to finally get a chance to speak with him and certainly have him on as, as our guest. Brian Geltzeiler is the, uh, the Hoops critic, and uh, that's basically exactly what it is. And His work is renowned across the NBA, and he's kind enough to join us here. A friend of Joel Myers is a friend of ours as well. Brian, good to have you. Uh, it's my pleasure to be with you today. How are you? Doing well. A little background first for maybe those who don't know. How did this all start for you? And and then when did you realize you were like neck deep into all that you do with regards to your basketball analogy? Well, I you know I this was I I was a I I ran I pretty much left to go all the way back for you for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much left the high school team in West Orange, New Jersey, to go and ask the game. So I kind of had a predisposition for this kind of stuff at a young age. But then I, I entered the business world. Um, after college and graduate school, and then just kind of was in a tough personal spot about, I guess I look back, it's you know, 12, 13 years ago now, maybe more, and just started blogging for fun. And it was, me blogging about the NBA was a wonderful outlet for me. Would send it to 20 friends, 20 friends became 40, 40 became 100, 100 became 200. And next thing I know, I was invited by a friend who was a partner on a sports radio station in Houston to be a guest on a show there. And a buddy of mine had listened to the spot. I sent it out to my list, and he had a broadcasting agent that he was friendly with, and he sent the audio to the broadcasting agent. The broadcasting agent approached me and said, hey, how do you think we can build this out? And I just started to – that's when I took down HoopsCritic.com and started to write and started to do a lot of guest radio spots around the country. And I kind of peaked in uh, June of 13 in terms of the guest radio spots. June of 2013, I did 80 radio spots over the course of that month that calendar month alone in different spots. And I got lucky enough um, in 2014 to be hired to be a host by Sirius XM NBA Radio. And it's just kind of built out from there. I've taken on a staff at HoopsCritic.com that, that do a very nice job because at times I just am not able to be as engaged in the site because of my work with NBA Radio and my work with NBA TV and now with 120 Sports. So I have a lot of different balls in the air, but this is a, a labor of love for me. The NBA is an enormous passion and it's just this is it's a fun story in terms of how i got to this point and i will tell you this social media and twitter has been an enormous boon for me building out the website and for me getting the the kind of exposure that i've been blessed and lucky enough to get but i'll also say this i've had a lot of help from a lot of wonderful people along the way because you can't do any of this alone you need people to believe in you and i was lucky very very lucky that i had some wonderful people believe in me at Hoops Critic on Twitter, by the way. Brian, mixing um, analytics and the eyeball, it's the right balance for you. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. I think when you – one thing about the eyeball and analytics that both have in common, what do you value on a basketball court? What do you think is important? And I do look through analytics, but I think, listen, offensive analytics can certainly tell you a lot about who a player is on that end of the floor. Defensive analytics are all context-related, and you have to be very careful how much you take out of those. But what I think is interesting about your value set is, you know, the level of data these teams have is off the charts with these with these, these sport view tracking data now with these cameras in the ceiling of every single uh, arena in the country. And when you go and, you know, NBA.com, 
keeps that stuff, and it's all, a lot of it's there for you to see. Now, what's there for you to see is probably somewhere between 5 and 10% of exactly what the teams get, but there's a lot there. For example, and, and I'll tell you, when I look at a point guard, I will look at drives per, you know, or points per drive to me mm-hmm. is a really important factor for a point guard. I value a point guard that can break down a defense off the dribble on the half court. So points per drive is important. When I look at a rebounder, I want to look at contested rebounds. Listen, anybody can catch a ball when no one's around. What are you doing in a crowd? Are you going to get rebounds? When I look, and some of this stuff is boilerplate, when I look at a rim protector or a big guy, you know, the opponent's field goal percentage in the restricted area. That, to me, is how good, how good a rim protector are you. Because ultimately, it's never about block shots. It's about shots you change. And even at times, that doesn't measure at all because it's about shots that you deter or discourage from being taken. So I think you have to have the right kind of balance in reference to, okay, take analytics, but look at analytics based upon what you value, what you think is important on a basketball court, and then you want to match up the two. You want to make sure what you're seeing from an analytics standpoint matches up with the eye test because even then you, you don't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't always add up in the way that you would want it to add up. So I try to strike a, a very, very delicate balance, but I would say I probably look at things, and I look at a lot of things analytics on a team basis as well, and I think the macro view of analytics at times, I think we get too micro into it. The macro view of analytics at times can tell you more of a story, but I'm about two-thirds eye test, one-third analytics if I would have to quantify it. Okay, perfect, because I think that'll help us frame up what we're about to do next, and, and this may be painful for some, it might be very interesting, but Brian, I think we need to drill down here on the New Orleans Pelicans and start to maybe get at least maybe your insight as to why they've been so mysterious here since the trade deadline and the acquisition of DeMarcus Cousins. It may not be mysterious to you, but I think to most that looked at that trade as a positive would say that two and six during, since the trade, something's not right. So let's, let's work on that for a moment. And, and, and where does that then conversation begin, Brian? Well, let's, let's start with this, because I do think the first thing that you have to look at when you're going to go through, you know, you're adding a player in DeMarcus Cousins. And, and I think the first thing that you need to look at is usage rate. I think usage rate's a very, very important factor to look at here when you have an idea, when you, when you bring a player in, a high usage player like DeMarcus Cousins into your organization. Because ultimately, somebody's going to have to adjust. There's a finite amount of possessions in an NBA basketball game. Okay, That is absolutely true. When DeMarcus Cousins was with the Sacramento Kings this season, he had a usage rate of 37.5%. Now, for those that don't understand what a usage rate is, it's the amount of your team's possession that you use up, whether it's a shot, a pass, but you're, you're using that possession for not necessarily your own benefit, but you're using that possession for your team. Mm-hmm. His usage rate has had to go down with the Pelicans. Why? Because Anthony Davis is there. He's at 31.4. So Cousins is adjusting still to, that, to, to less usage. Now, Cousins is a guy that has proven over the course of the last two seasons, last season and most of the season with Sacramento, that he can be very efficient with a higher usage rate. His, his performance efficiency ratings, 26 last season for a full season with a usage rate of 36.8. That's a very high usage rate, 36.8. This year was 26.7 with even a higher usage rate. His efficiency's gone down. The seven, the seven games he's played with the Pelicans. Okay, and by the way, they're one in six in those seven games. One of them, they once they got Cousins, he didn't play because of the suspension. Right. He's got a PER 21 with a usage rate down of 31.4. So DeMarcus Cousins is having a little bit of a tougher time adjusting to having the ball in his hands less and playing with Anthony Davis. But this was going to happen. This was going to be a big part of what happened 
when you get Cousins on board. To get these guys playing together, you're going to need a training camp. You're also in a situation where you have to gut two perimeter players that would play a pretty big role for you here. And Buddy he actually three if you count Langston Gallup. So Buddy Heald and Tariq Evans and Langston Gallup, and besides for Drew Holiday, you've left yourself devoid on the perimeter of guys that can help Cousins and Davis. And Cousins and Davis, to excel together, are going to need some floor spacers around them. Right now for the Pelicans, they just don't have this outside of Drew Holiday, the perimeter talent. So when, when you look at, at what's happened here, Cousins is in a major adjustment period, and, and that's going to take a little bit of time. And I think the expectations that they were somehow going to take off together as soon as they got together and run through the playoffs were a little bit hasty. I, I think that as talented as they are, this is going to take time to gel. When it gels, it can be absolutely incredible. But a big thing about how well Cousins and Davis do together is how they're going to be surrounded coming up in this offseason. Good point. Where does Drew Holiday fit into this conversation? Only I ask because Alvin Gentry last night had to, again, basically say that I need Drew Holiday to be Drew Holiday, which is interesting, and then it makes you think about the long-term prospects of those three playing together. You know, DeMarcus Cousins comes to the Pelicans with a reputation that precedes him. He's not only tough on the media times, he's not only tough on management and coaching staff, he's tough on teammates. And I think Drew Holiday has gotten a tad apprehensive. I think when you hear Alvin Gentry make a statement like Drew Holiday to be Drew Holiday, he's not being assertive on a basketball court. There's an over-deference to Cousins. And the thing about DeMarcus Cousins is this, whether it's a coach, whether it's a teammate, you better stand up to him. You better stand up to him. You better be willing to go toe-to-toe with him because that's the only way he's going to respect you. DeMarcus Cousins, think about the one coach that he's had. Now, listen, I think it can work with him and Alvin Gentry, and I think it did work with him and Dave Yeager because he, he had, he'll have respect for Gentry, and he had respect for Dave Yeager because he felt Dave Yeager added value. But think about how many coaches they had to go through before they found somebody that Cousins could actually work with, and it was Michael Malone. Is Michael Malone known for being that player-friendly? Absolutely not. Michael, Michael Malone is, for, for lack of a better term, he's pissing vinegar, man. He's in your face. He's going to let you know what he thinks. And from DeMarcus' standpoint, he loved that. He liked to be told. He liked to be challenged. He was okay with being yelled at. DeMarcus Cousins knew that he couldn't dog it in practice because Mike Malone would kick him out and, and did kick him out at times. It's like that with teammates also. Drew has to play his game with the understanding that, you know what, if you miss a shot, you turn the ball over. If you do something Cousins doesn't like, Cousins may tear your head off. You're a big boy. you got to have thick skin, and you got to move forward. And that's also part of the adjustment for DeMarcus Cousins. We talked before about usage and about the basketball aspects, but there's non-basketball aspects to his personality. He's a, a, a mercurial character that you have to absolutely you know, work on, on assimilating not only – from a basketball standpoint, but from a culture standpoint as well. Holiday's is not that kind of guy, and it's going to be a little tougher for him. With that said, I think when you look at the free agency uh, uh, landscape coming up in this offseason, and granted there's a lot of point cards available, I think the Pelicans would make any, will make an enormous mistake if they don't give Drew Holiday every dime they can give Drew Holiday to make sure he stays here and he's the point card of the future with Cousins and Davis. Wow, big take there. Brian Geldziler with us from the Hoops Critic. Uh, Brian, good stuff, absolutely. And, I, and I'm going to run out of time here with you in a moment, so I do want to ask uh, for your help on a couple of other things. Uh, number one, the uh, we're about a month out now from the end of the regular season, just a shade over a month. Are the two number one seeds that we currently see atop the Eastern and Western Conference going to be there uh, in the same spot at the end of the regular season? Or is there another team or storyline that intrigues you highly here over the remaining uh, 17 to 20 games for most teams? 
Cavs are safe, but so I'll tell you that four games in the loss, twenty left. I, it would take a an absolute collapse to see them, you know, give that spot up to the Wizards or the Celtics. So I think the Cavs are safe. The Warriors are not safe. The Warriors. The thing about the Warriors is this, and I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. Mm-hmm. The Warriors last year, a couple of teams went to school on how the Warriors were played late in the year. If you remember, the Warriors, just like they did last night, lost to the Celtics late in the season. That was their 54-game home winning streak that was busted. They had lost to the Timberwolves also late in the season. Teams guarded the arc aggressively on them. When they brought Kevin Durant in, it was much harder to guard the arc aggressively because Kevin Durant will put it on the floor two, three times, a pull-up 10 or 12-footer, elevate over you, and he's wonderful at that shot. And it, and it loosened up a defense and didn't put as much pressure on Curry. The Warriors are not as dependent on Curry and Thompson threes when Kevin Durant is on the floor. Well, Kevin Durant's not on the floor right now. And you're seeing teams go back to that old drawing board of how they played the Warriors how the Thunder played him in the conference finals, how the Cavs played him in the NBA finals. You saw the Celtics do it to him last night, holding to 86 points, and I think the Warriors are in a world of hurt because they don't have a ton of depth. They're asking a ton out of Curry and Thompson right now, who are great bad shot makers, but they're not making the volume of bad shots they made last year. And right now the San Antonio Spurs are peaking nine in a row here. I mean, how does that work last night? You sit Aldridge and you sit Kawhi Leonard. You somehow beat the Sacramento Kings and get a win from the Celtics in Golden State to give yourself your one game out and a loss, and you're going to go in there Saturday night to play them. And listen, tonight's the thunder. It's going to be tough for the Spurs. But that Spurs-Warriors for the number one seed is the biggest story in the NBA right now because if you get the number one seed in the West, you're going to get a cream puff in the first round. You're going to get Denver, Portland, Dallas, one of these other teams. Even Minnesota's two games out in a loss. You're going to get one of these other teams that will not be hard for you in the first round. If you end up in the two seed, you're playing Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And not they're going to beat any of these teams. They've just lost four in a row and they're reeling a little bit. I don't know that I want Russell Westbrook in my grill in the first round of the playoffs about mm. the Warriors. So I, I think this is an incredibly, incredibly compelling storyline. Because as we saw with the Warriors last year, it's a war of attrition. The more gas that's taken out of your tank early in the playoffs, the less you're going to have available late in the playoffs. Interesting. Does that make Saturday night's Golden State-San Antonio game must-watch, or is it two teams that know what's going to happen here shortly and will hold it very close to the vest? I'm going to give an old Bobby Valentine baseballism here. (laughs) Okay, the next game is the most important one you have. So I will say this, and I know the Spurs, again, go into OKC tonight. Um, but Saturday night, it will be the biggest game played in the regular season game played in the NBA so far this year. It is the most important game that we've seen yet. It is absolutely must-watch. Now, again, there may be one later where these two teams play a few weeks down the line where at, in San Antonio as well, but we don't know where we're going to be there yet. For right now and where we stand, this is the most important game played in the NBA this season, what we're going to see on ABC Saturday. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, last thing, Brian, that's this. Who's the MVP, and does that change over the last five weeks? I don't think it changes the last five weeks, barring an epic collapse by the Houston Rockets. James Harden's the MVP of the league. I, you know, I love the job Westbrook's done. I think he's been tremendous and incredible. But in the last 35 years, the voters have made it very clear that you've got to be a top three seed to be voted MVP of the league. And if you haven't, no matter how great your numbers are, you average a triple-double like Westbrook's doing, no matter how wonderful your numbers are, you are not going to be the MVP of the league as a seventh seed. You can't. Not when you have a performance like what James Harden's put up for Houston. Houston has overachieved based upon their talent so much. And granted, you give a ton of credit to, to Dow Morey and to Mike D'Antoni. They put a system in place, and they got talent that fit the system. 
there was an organizational vision that they were faithful to and carried forward, and you give them credit for that. With all that said, without the brilliance of James Harden, you're not where you are. I mean, the guys he's been an incredible, incredible player this year, a selfless player. And I'm going to go back to something I heard Daryl Morey say about two months ago. He called James Harden a defensive asset. And it's not based upon Harden's defensive ability, which is not wonderful, but he works hard on that at the floor. It's the work ethic. When James Harden's giving everything he has on the defensive end of the floor, as the leader of that team, all these other guys do. And guys like Capella and Ariza and Beverly, who are plus defenders, you get so much more out of them on the defensive end of the floor just based upon James's extra effort and intensity on that end. That, to me, that defines what a most valuable player in a regular season in the league is. I give the award to James Harden. We could do a whole other show here, Brian, on the fact that we're talking about a guy who just reset his own record for turnovers in the season as the leading candidate for MVP on a team that's going to probably be the third seed in the Western Conference. That is amazing in itself and, and says something really crazy about that system they run there in Houston right now. It certainly does. And here's the thing about Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni will be the first one to tell you this, okay? Turnovers are a product of the system. He will accept turnovers because turnovers are a byproduct of the necessary evil when you're going to play with the kind of speed and the volume of three-pointers that he wants his team to play with. Are some of Harden's turnovers a little frivolous and a little kind of thrown around in a way that you don't want him thrown around? There's no doubt James needs to be more careful with the ball. That's been a problem James has had for a very long time. Nonetheless, it's the result. You can't argue with the results and you can't argue with the record. And it even goes beyond Harden's numbers. But even with the turnovers factored in, the impact that he's made on the success of this team and the way they've achieved more than what the talent, the talent is, this, this team is truly, they are greater than the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. It really is. And I attribute that, you know, first and foremost to James Harden. Smart, smart, smart stuff. I really enjoyed our visit. Brian Geltzire, Geltzeiler, um, the Hoops Critic, fantastic. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. And I know you're going to enjoy this stretch run here in the NBA. I'm going to have a great time. This was totally my pleasure, by the way. Anytime you want me, please reach out. I'd always be happy to join. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead. Even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-Auctioner or visit auctioner.org. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. 
your future is bright for your New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. Those locking in their seats by Friday, March 31st will take advantage of the price freeze and also receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Final segment here on the Black and Blue Report. Before we go on this Thursday, we welcome in a good friend uh, who has uh, a worthwhile event really to speak of tonight in downtown New Orleans. Ronnie Ranch is basically everything baseball in Louisiana these days. Also, Mr. Central Louisiana all the way around. And, and little did I know, he's also the president of the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame Foundation. As if, Ronnie, you couldn't add anything more to your plate, you now, you now have El Presidente titles behind your name. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I drove in late September for Miss Lisa Babbitt, who did a great job with the foundation the last six years. And, yeah, my plate is full, but it definitely is a labor of love, no doubt. You'll be in New Orleans tonight. The Glory Road Tour finally wraps up. Six events, and uh, you've saved a, a good one here for the folks in the New Orleans area. So far, so good on this tour. And, and what have you loved the most about gathering a, a number of uh, sports luminaries for an event? Well, the idea for the Glory Road Tour is to promote the uh, Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame around the state of Louisiana. We've been, the Walk-Ons has been a great sponsor, and we've been in all the Walk-Ons locations throughout the state. Uh, it started in Lake Charles, made our way up to Shreveport. We were in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, Homa last week, where we had Dalton Hilliard came and visited with us. Uh, and, and then we'll be in New Orleans tonight putting a, a wrap on things. And We've, we've just tried to get the word out about the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, which is a beautiful museum in downtown Natchitoches right on the, the right on the front street across the McCain River. And uh, also it's a chance to interact with these Hall of Famers. Folks can come out and meet them, hear their stories. Uh, you know, Mike Dettier last week, Glenn Rollins this week. You know, they'll host uh, like the, the, the panel discussion with these Hall of Famers. We've got great food and drink provided by Walk-On, some fantastic live and silent auction items. So it's a, it's a three-pronged approach, promote the Hall of Fame, interact with our Hall of Famers, and also fundraise for the foundation. Who uh, on the docket tonight for the final stop of the Glory Road Tour? Well, we're going to get things started off with uh, Skip Bertman, the Hall of Fame baseball coach, a uh, great timely uh, guest. He'll be there along with bringing a special guest, Doug Thompson, who was the winning pitcher of the 97 National Championship team, and they're celebrating their 20th reunion this year. So Doug and, and Skip Bertman will be there tonight to get things started. About 6.30, he'll be on the stage. Uh, uh, we're also going to have uh, John Brady, former LSU basketball coach, who living in the New Orleans area. Talk to him, of course, with everything going on with LSU basketball. He'll have some insight there. Followed by Bob Pettit, one of the top 50 NBA basketball players of all time. The great Bob Pettit is going to be joining us. Really excited about visiting and, and seeing Bob Pettit tonight. Um, T-Bob Bear and Bobby Bear, the, the, the father-son combo, they'll be uh, joining us uh, in the second hour between 7 and 8. And then also Michael Lewis, the beer man, uh, one of the former Tiger uh, Saints greats, uh, will be in the house. Uh, I remember him playing for the Baton Rouge Beast National Indoor Football League in the 90s. Buford Jordan was his head coach. And uh, he made it all the way to the NFL, became a, a pro bowler one year. So we're going to have Michael Lewis uh, joining us and some other special guests as well. No doubt. Uh, is this a casual thing? Is that's where it would be a lot of fun, I think, 
Ronnie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very casual. Tickets are $75. You can buy them at the door. It's actually going to be upstairs uh, and walk-ons in a private area up there, the balcony in the private dining room. Uh, it's open bar, all-you-can-eat food and drink. Uh, doors will open about 545, get started at about 6, and then they'll go to just about 8, 815. Uh, but uh, we've got plenty of tickets available. You can buy them at the door or go online, lasportshall.com backslash purchase you can get tables or tickets uh, tonight oh my goodness uh, look the, the list you just rattled off i love taking a look at a list like that and saying okay i can only imagine the stories that are going to come out of this event tonight <laughs> and, and 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 i'm i'm afraid i i couldn't handicap who will have the best story out of that group to share tonight to uh, all those who well, participate uh, you know, we're putting Bobby Bear last because he's the most long-winded of the, of the group, so we'll put him last. But I'm really interested. I've never spent a lot of time around Bob Pettit. I, I've heard about him all my life. Uh, when you think of the history of LSU basketball, Bob Pettit, Pete Maravich, Shaquille O'Neal, Rudy Macklin, you know, throw in a fifth. Those are the all-time greats. In the history. You know, Jodine, another one. Those are all-time great LSU basketball players. Of course, Bob Pettit took it to the next level and became an, an all-time NBA great. Um, and so I, I, I want to, I really want to hear his story and get a chance to meet him up close and personal. So I'm excited as a fan to be able to, uh, to be there tonight. Yeah. 75 bucks includes all your, uh, all your buffet and, and, and bar and everything else. And so this, this team, this seems like a slam dunk here, Ronnie, no doubt. Um, look, it, the, is this to, as you mentioned, to not only raise awareness and spread the news about the Louisiana sports hall of fame, but in any way, does this financially benefit the museum and its goals? Yeah, it absolutely does. You know, the foundation's a 501c3, and, you know, we have to pay for the museum. You know, we have to keep it open. We have to, uh, when you make changes to the museum and you induct new people each year, you have to pay for those changes. We put on a tremendous event the the last weekend in June every year, the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame induction weekend, where we bring in all the inductees. They have a golf tournament. We have uh, fireworks on the river, uh, a tailgate party downtown. We put on a 700-person event that's televised on Cox Sports Television. And how about this? This year, just a couple guys down in New Orleans, Ed Reed is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, the former uh, NFL great, went to Destrehan High School. He's going in. D.D. Bro, who's a gymnastics coach at LSU, 40 years, got them poised to compete for a national title this year. She's going into the Hall of Fame. David Toms, the PGA golfer great from uh, Louisiana, played golf at LSU. Juan Pierre, 14 years in the NFL uh, in the Major League Baseball, from Alexandria, Juan Pierre, multiple all-star going in. Uh, Calvin Burrell, the great jockey who's won the Kentucky Derby a couple times, is getting inducted this year. So those are just a few of the names. Eddie Kennison, C.A. Core from Southeastern, a great basketball player. A lot of great people going into the Hall of Fame, including New Orleans' own Jim Henderson, who is the Journalist Award winner this year. Yeah, no doubt. June 22nd through the 24th up in Natchitoches. That'll be fantastic. This, though, this is a great get your uh, – Get your appetite uh, wetted a bit with an event like this tonight. I, I I wish I could be there, Ronnie, but I know there's a lot of folks who are going to hear this and they're going to want to make plans to be with you all tonight. And uh, so glad you could come by and tell us about it a little bit. Thanks for the time and, and hope to see everybody there. Remember, tickets at the door or online at lasportshall.com backslash purchase. Glory Road Tour tonight at Walk-Ons in downtown New Orleans. Thanks, Ronnie Rance. And that'll do it for us on this Thursday as well. Thanks to Brian Getzeiler from the uh, Hoops Critic. And, of course, uh, we talked a little football today with Mike Triplett on a busy, busy Thursday here as well. 
Friday Black and Blue Report is yours tomorrow. Otherwise, the Alvin Gentry Show on the radio tonight at 7 on 99.5 WRNO-FM. I'm Sean Kelly, and so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.